On this episode of Resi Week, we have Cedia 2019 wrap-ups, as well as the Snap AV Plus Control 4 keynote event, and Barry Sonnenfeld hates 8K and HDR. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 189, CD Expo 2019. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Middle Atlantic. What great systems are built on. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and information for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott, and this week I am pleased to be joined by my good friend, Heather Sidorowicz. She is the president of Southtown AV. How you doing, Heather? I am just peachy keen, just catching up. Thank you so much for joining us. And we have Tony Savona. He is the content director at Residential Systems. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. I bumped into both of these fine guests repeatedly over the course of the show, as one does when they're at Cedia. If you missed it, uh, somehow last week uh, was Cedia Expo 2019 in Denver, Colorado. It was a really good show, and we are going to kick it off with a story that comes to us from really like the the classic intrepid Cedia reporter, John Siaka. This comes to us from Residential Systems as Tony laughs over that one. Uh, hopefully, John will send me a hate tweet for it, which will be great. Uh, Heather, I want to kick this off with you. John goes over uh, an absolute ton of stuff in day one, so check out day one, day two, day three. Um, he kicks it off, though, <coughs> with arguably kind of the, the traditional sexiness that people expect when they go to these kind of tech shows. LG 8K OLED at 30,000. Sony crystal LED display wall, uh, a 219, yes, 219 inch uh, display that was 16 by nine feet tall at just shy of $900,000 and a Epson uh, laser projection TV that was quite affordable yeah, wasn't that like five grand? Yeah, five grand. Like yeah. just pocket change. Pocket change. For somebody like John. Well, I sold two of the Sony Wallace since I got back, so. You've told, sold two of them? Two, yeah. It's fantastic. Did you, did you, I, I was talking with Jason Savage from Sony and they have a, a scissor uh, mounting solution so that it'll, it'll recess into a, into a wall. It's an extra couple hundred grand. I mean, what's up, what, what's Did you add it on? Well, of course. I mean, it's all about the add-ons, you know? <laughs> So Heather, you, you really kind of <laughs> helped jump right in on there. The question that I, I wanted to start off with, and, and again, read this review. It's fantastic. covers a lot of stuff. When you go to these shows, when you go to these events, how hard is it to be sucked into these uber fancy, super sexy, somewhat ridiculous products? I know in, in my neck of the woods, we're not selling a ton of hundred million dollar display walls. Yeah, no, 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 are we in case anyone that was taking me seriously, but it, it, of course, I mean, we go to these shows and, and even us nerdy techie people want to be wowed. So of course they have to bring out their big guns because that's what gets you to walk into their booth, right? You walk into the booth and of course I'll tell you every single person up there, it's like going to get two inches away. They're going to look around the edge. I mean, that's what we do. That's what we, we're gonna, you know, how many pixels can we see? Um, and then we're going to pull back and then, you know, after you 
you know, chuckle with the person next to you. And for some reason, we all feel like we have to take a video to show it on Facebook, even though you can't see it as good and amazing. Then you're going to turn around and look at the rest of the product, right? So it's a grabbing um, way to get you out there. And this happens at all the shows. CES, if you, when you go, Infocom, they have the coolest video wall stuff you've ever seen. So they, they, they need a reason for you to get out there. And of course, just by off chance, if someone comes up to you and says that they want one of these crazy things, you're going to say, I've seen that somewhere. You'll find it and figure it out. I mean, it's, it is possible, maybe a once in a lifetime. Maybe I, Unless you ask anyone in the lines, then they'll tell you they only sell multi-million dollar systems. Yes. I remember hearing that year after year when I first started going, what do you do? I sell multi-million dollar systems. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Very good for you. Very good for you. It sounds like we're being a little sarcastic, and we are. Uh, Tony, let me come back to you on this. Um, you know, John covers the highlights, but there was a lot of um, really innovative products that were that were on the market and 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 exhibiting at the show. I know uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Hamish from Hero Labs, won like a CE Pro in a something award, innovation award for a uh, a new product that they're bringing to market. That's again smart DIY, smart uh, smart home stuff. Um, we saw an in, uh, or I saw an intelligent uh, IntelliThings um, Bluetooth tracker that's like sixty nine dollars. Was there a, a growing divide between ultra high end luxury and entry level smart home, or is that it was the show floor reflective of the industry in that sense? I think it's it's the categories. So, you know, the home theater stuff tends to be more expensive than than the smart home equipment. You know, you're right. It's a simple Bluetooth device. It's the IntelliThings that tells you when you by your phone when you walk into a room. It's all very cool. You know, they had a there was a security camera that you you screw into a light bulb fixture, and that's how you get your your power out of it. And then the security pavilion, that's all very cool stuff. But when you think about what the what the screens are doing what your home theaters are doing it's it's a much more of a, an experiential thing a much deeper experience right that then having you know walking into a room and knowing that it's you and putting on the music you like or setting the lights the way you like it this uh, you know the, the the av part the the sound the, the the video quality it's it's you expect a higher quality right a higher level of performance than you're getting from the simpler devices so i, I think it goes by product category you know, I think, uh, and even within that, I mean, you know, the LG and the Sony were the, uh, he leads off with that because right? John was actually going through his day and they both those had press conferences early in the morning and, and they did, they showed their big thing and then they leaned over and said, oh, he's a $4,000 TV too. So, but what do you remember? You remember that gorgeous, mm -hmm. you know, $30,000 8K OLED screen. And Well, they also had a beautiful wall of um, their frame TVs. Mm -hmm. They were showing a, a mishmash of, um, frame TV showing art and then actual art. And, you know, again, they were, they were showing lots of different things uh, in, in all of the booths. So very good. Heather, let me come back to you real quick for one quick second. When you walk the floor, you and I have had debates for years over appointments versus no appointments. And I've kind of come to your end, uh, your well, side of the I know spots. <laughs> We have switched spots uh, now that my, my media schedule has ramped up. My day is scheduled start to finish, uh, whereas previous I was free to walk around. How much do you miss if you don't take the time to, you know, take a couple hours and literally just wander? I do think that there is a, 
there's a balance to it, right? And I think I've learned that as my audio video career is now 18 years old. It's old enough to vote um, that there has to be a balance. So I think that you get a deeper dive when you actually have that setting where you meet with someone, they're going to show you more of their products. But a lot of that could be fluff too. So it's going to be either or. Um, John, in my early days, John and I used to walk the floor on Saturday. So most people were gone and you would just go up and down the aisles because sometimes you find the coolest products by just wandering that you didn't make an appointment for, that you didn't know it existed, that they don't have their act together to put it together a press event or a press release. Um, Mural was one of those ones that I found years ago, which is before Samsung came out with their art TV or art wall or whatever they call it. But Mural is a, it just does art, it doesn't do TV. I have it hanging in my house and it's one of the, my favorite things from my technology standpoint, not crazy expensive, but really it's a great conversation starter and like my family's learned about art that we wouldn't otherwise know. Glad you brought that up, Matt, though, because I, have, I was having that debate the whole plane ride home on whether or not I should do appointments versus free form walking around the floor. I think uh, I had appointments and I think I may have missed some good stuff that way, though. Well, I, and I would agree because uh, especially when I would just cover the show or any show from a, a writing aspect, it was much more freeform. You didn't have to pop in and have specific appointments per se. But now that, uh, you know, AV Nation is doing what it's doing and we're covering the show with a, a ton of video production, you have to have those appointments because otherwise the people you need to speak to sometimes are not available. Um, you do. I, I that's the only drawback I have of the way that, that you know, I, I attend most of the shows these days is I don't get as much wander time. And you see a lot of really, really cool things when you just wander around. All right, let's move on to our next article of the day. This comes to us from aviation.tv. Control and Snap AV kick off their CD Expo with some major announcements and upgrades. If you were unaware really for the for the first time snap av and uh, uh snap av plus control 4 had a large keynote press event um control 4's had these in the past but uh snap av has not necessarily done this in this manner before so the new combined company uh had it and hosted it wednesday afternoon before the cedia keynote and they let off with a bunch of really interesting facts and figures about uh, SnapAV and, and the investment that SnapAV has made in the industry. So, Tony, I want to come back to you on this. How important is it for brands to tell their stories? In this, in this sense, the, the start of this keynote for me really seemed almost like a uh, like an Apple style. You know, hey, here's where we're at. We've got this many OSs or iOS devices on this iteration, da, 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 da. here's all of our stuff, here's where we're at. Was this more of a, would you say that this is more of a one-time, hey, the merger just happened, we're getting people from both parties in the same room for the first time, or is, is it really just a, a really good, feel-good, hey, here's what we're doing? I guess it remains to be seen whether or not this is a one-time only thing. I would tend to think that um, it was a good time to do it, you know, the, the merger just got completed shortly beforehand. You had a uh, fresh ones, you know, with their OS three, they've, they've been in the news a lot lately. It was good to make a splash there. So I think it made a lot of sense for them to do what they did. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they do decide to continue it and take that leadership position every, every CD where they do that a keynote right before the regular, the keynote, um, it, get, it puts a spotlight on and gives them a lot of attention with snap. They, they certainly, uh, 
they certainly have the power behind it to do it. Um, I, personally, I, I don't think I've heard that much from Snap prior to this. Like they were there, but not as not as loud as this. Not as, as you say, the brand story creating that. Um, so that seems to be a more recent addition. Uh, and I, I am curious to see if they continue it throughout the year, or if this is going to be you know they'll save it for the big splash. Very good, Heather. Uh, I'm going to go through a couple of things that were highlighted in that keynote, including that they just added Google Assistant. Uh, they have their intercom anywhere that is supporting multiple doorbells from uh, additional manufacturers, but they also released a CA10 uh, new controller. This is a commercial grade controller, redundant power supplies, redundant uh, network cards, uh, redundant fans, really, you know, stealing from the likes of Cisco in their, their commercial grade switches and, and network products that are Again, 100% redundant. Something dies, you're fine because everything else is still going to roll over and work. When you look at uh, some of these announcements that they're doing and really pushing the, the, the very smart smart home <laughs> with AI and, and, and a bunch of other fun things involved, are they trying to just bring some really good products to the market or are they trying to cement themselves as the leaders in smart home because they've been they've been running away with that flag for quite a while the they last had, especially as crusher on bowed out a few years ago to cedia and and anyone that remembers the cedia before that i mean you walked in those front doors and it was all crusher on and quite fancy um so i do think that control four kind of dominates that space right now especially at the show um i think that this could also be a play into some commercial um, with some something so redundant. I mean, I've seen people putting Control 4 out there in commercial applications. Um, I think there's a right time and space for them, but this could be the beginning of them going after that market as well. Um, I mean, I think currently in uh, Crestron world, and definitely don't quote me, but we know that commercial business is bigger than their, their residential business right now, mm -hmm. um, for sure. And I'm sure there's some pretty high numbers. So, if, you know, if I was Control 4 or nap right like why why not um so it'll be interesting to see where that where that goes as for your brand comment before i'm i'm a huge lover of uh simon sinek people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it mm -hmm. and uh i when i go to any of those keynotes i want to be inspired and driven right we, we flew across the country you flew into another country to get there you know i want to be moved by what i sit down and see and then sure tell me about the products and I think so many people, they miss it all the time. I was texting Matt, or maybe it was over Twitter, um, about another train I went to. And what they did is they took the engineers, and the engineers um, were the ones that were presenting. So they were, it was a terrible presentation. They may have been the smartest guys in the room, but if they're not presenting with passion, then I, I left. <laughs> You know, it's funny you bring that up because yes, it was over Twitter uh, and we were having a wonderful discussion about that. But that was my biggest takeaway from the Control 4, uh, Snap AV, Snap AV plus Control 4 um, presser was that they really did a fantastic job of trying to tell that brand story. And I feel like too often our industry doesn't do that. We don't tell the brand story. And Heather, to your point, when you give somebody something to connect on, it really allows them to buy into whatever it is that you're selling. 
right? The old Apple stuff used to be amazing, right? They used oh, to, yeah. they never talked about the product and how great the camera was. They talked about how this product would change your life and your family and your relationship. They've unfortunately gotten away from that, but those are the kind of things that sell it. There's been all sorts of research on that too. And, and to a degree, and I don't know if you saw, I was looking around because I have a book on um, telling your brand story and I was trying to find it to do this. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I, I logged in on Thursday night, I think, trying to find uh, the pre-order for the new Apple phone because I need to replace mine. And I wasn't necessarily looking for specs. I was trying to get to the pre-order thing. And I must have scrolled through like 15 pages of check out this image shot on iPhone 11 Max Pro S, whatever it is, getting down, trying to find that pre-order button. And you know, when I, when I was doing that, thinking of the presser, thinking about some of the other things that you saw on the, on the floor, that was one of my biggest things was telling the story is so easy. So using that as a lovely segue into a storyteller, uh, this comes to us from CE Pro Hollywood director Barry Sonnenfeld bashes problematic HDR and stupid 8K. No one has told him that you should not call anything stupid. It is rude. Um, it is rude. Canadians would never say that. Never. <laughs> that being said, I kind of feel like his comments were stupid. Um, or uh, distasteful. Is that better? That's better. Yes. Distasteful. Classy. Well, they weren't classy. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, let me, let me start with you first on this one. Um, if, if you missed it, uh, Kaleidoscape brought in very... Sonnenfeld, as well as, and I'm going to forget his name. Um, Patrick Walker. I can think of it. Thank you. I was going to call him Putty, and I know that is. Works too. It works too. Most <laughs> people will know that yeah. one. Yes, and Patrick Warburn. Um, they brought the two of them in to have a panel discussion in their booth about 8K and HDR. And let me tell you what, uh, Barry Sonnenfeld is not a fan of either. He, uh, he definitely does not like it. He does not like HDR. Uh, if you read through the article, you will see that he felt that Netflix ruined uh, season three and four, and I believe five of his uh, series of unfortunate events that Patrick Warren also starred in. Tony, when you read through this, I got to say, I have a really hard time not just seeing this article as a, a an, an older individual who is just lambasted at the ridiculousness of this new technology that he, I'm sure he understands it, but he just doesn't like it and he's upset and it's a get off my lawn, stop doing this to me situation. Am I reading that wrong? Uh, I don't think you're reading it wrong, but I also think that I, I think part of the problem, I think there's a fixable problem and it's not like eliminating HDR. I think what this is, this is transitory, uh, transitionary uh, problem where in fact even when you read the piece he was like someone at netflix or whoever's doing the processing decided that oh um his scenes are washed out let me fix that for him so there's no communication between what his vision was and the person doing the processing and i like i said i you know when um here goes my age here, but uh, when I was covering the, the transition from analog to digital, going from vinyl to CD, every producer, every big name producer came out and said that digital was terrible. Uh, the quality was, it was, it, it was too harsh. It wasn't what they wanted. You lost all the warmth. And they were kind of right because those early transfers were, were dreadful. They were terrible. But 
what happened was they, they adjusted. They caught up to it, what the technology could do. They, they, they stopped mixing for the old stuff and mixing for the new stuff. And eventually that's what's going to happen with all these, the, with the films. They're going to use HDR for what it's good for and figure out how to, how to, how to make it work for what these directors' visions are. So I, I think, uh, you know, he, I understand why he's upset now, but I don't think this is a, it's, it, there's no need to go back. It just, just fix what's go, what we have here and it will get fixed and eventually he'll be less cranky. I imagine. <laughs> I'm saying happy, just less cranky. But just less cranky. That's yes. Awesome. That's the goal. Less cranky for Barry. That's awesome. Heather, the, so I, I kind of got frustrated with this because I've seen 8K. I've seen 8K iterations for uh, two years um, when I saw the first Samsung version um, with all their AI and, and, and all of the crazy stuff they're doing to upscale content. Um, I don't necessarily want to get into the debate over whether 4K is needed, whether 8K is needed, et cetera, et cetera. What I'm confused about, and I'd love some clarity, is why in God's name, or anyone's name really, why would you put two people on a panel at your booth where you want to sell your consumers a new version of your device that's capable of all these things? Because Kaleidoscape is not a cheap product to purchase. No, it's definitely a luxury product. Yeah, it, it's almost like marketing maybe didn't do some pre-questions or he wanted to make a name for himself. I mean, I'm sure it was embarrassing for Kaleidoscape and I feel bad for them. Um, I'm not, I mean, we'll never see the, or maybe we will, about the behind the scenes of how that ended up happening. I totally want to uh, see it. <laughs> yeah, right? That's, got, that's painful to uh, get, oh yeah, maybe, maybe they're just indicating the stars but forgot to ask what they were going to say. Um, and maybe they are, or maybe they just assumed that they would say great things. Now, that being said, I think that if we went out and asked people on the street, what is AK? What is HDR? How many people would know? I mean, I ran a retail store for years and even when we got to high def, people didn't even, weren't watching it because the cable companies had a standard def channel ABC and a high def ABC and people didn't know the difference. Right. So there's a huge learning curve in all this too. I, and I agree with Tony, like it's, it will take a while to get there. It always does. Um, of course, we're going to talk about the next great thing because that's how we get better. Well, and once something's there, are you actually going to go back? Are you, are you going to downgrade? Right. Yeah. Removal may not be the right answer. Fixing may be a better answer for that. Like I, I have no desire to go back. Granted, I have a stack of records behind me and a record player right behind me. But I have no desire to go back to an A-track or a cassette. That's not at all what I want to do. I, I want to live in this moment. You want to call the radio station and ask them to play your favorite song and sit there with your cord <laughs> And miss the first three seconds yep. as the DJ talks and, over it. And at the end, did you? I bet, I bet though, then you, really probably, you probably made your girlfriend a mix, and then you probably had that voice of yours on that going, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, you're going to love this song by the Fugees, ready or not. And then it's like three minutes into the song because the DJ was talking over, here's the greatest new track. Yeah, I was a Fuji fan. Yeah, our kids will never know that. No, <laughs> no, they'll never know who it was. The, 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 the last point I kind of want to make on this is um, I had a very entertaining discussion on 8K with our, our shooter this week, Craig, who was our, uh, our cameraman, because he shoots broadcast for a lot of the major sporting events. And if you want to get a really good take on 8K, and why it matters. Talk to somebody in production. Not necessarily broadcast, as far as 8K for broadcast, 
but talk to somebody in production. You'll get a whole different mindset. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for us today. Thank you so much for joining us. I know everybody's tired and exhausted after a, a very busy week in Denver. Tony, if people want to connect with you, learn more about residential systems, where can they do that? Then go to residentialsystems.com or uh, visit me on Twitter at, at resisys, R-E-S-I-S-Y-S. Excellent. Thank you so much. Heather, my good friend, thanks again for joining us. It's a pleasure as always. If people want to learn more about you, uh, get all of your tech musings as well as your company, Southtown AV, where can they do that? Um, I'm on, on the social media platforms, but uh, Twitter is where I tend to rant and rave the most uh, tech, T-E-C-H underscore Chi, C-H-I as in a balance between technology and life. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all of the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Also, as a minor personal note, uh, the CEDIA Board of directors elections are up again and i'm honored to be nominated again uh if you'd like to get more information on this and or to vote for myself that would be fantastic you can visit cedia.net for all of that information or cedia.org uh thanks again for watching that's all the time we have for this episode of resi week 